I uh, want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'm going to read this passage from several different translations. But it's interesting that no matter what translation you go to, the word remember pops out time and time again. Poke somebody again and tell them, remember. The, uh, the NIV renders this, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Listen to the NLT. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need, and you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Isn't that good? Plenty left over to share. Notice the admonition here, not in response to pressure. We give out of faith, out of honor, out of love, and the inspiration, of course, and obedience to the word of God, but not because of human pressure or manipulation. 2 Corinthians 9 from the message, remember a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. Because somebody say, don't be stingy. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give that will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. Amen. Nobody knows. Look at somebody and say, no arm twisting, no sob stories, just the word of the Lord. How many know that should be enough for us? God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. Wow. God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything. Come on, say it. I'm ready for anything and everything because God has poured out his blessing in astonishing ways on me. Isn't that wonderful when somebody looks at you go, and that's astonishing. <laughs> what God's doing in your life, that's astonishing. And then one more from the Living Bible, but remember this, if you give little, you'll get little. A farmer who plants just a few seeds will get only a small crop, but if he plants much, he will reap much. Everyone must make up his own mind as to how much he should give. Don't force anyone to give more than he really wants to, for cheerful givers are the ones God prizes. I love that. God is able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more so, so that there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others. You see the import here that God's going to take care of you. Now, I want you to understand here, first of all, there's the principle, the foundation of the tithe. That's not what Paul is teaching about in 2 Corinthians 9. He's talking about the lifestyle of a giver. Say it, the lifestyle of a giver. Uh, you and I uh, understand the foundation of the believer's covenant people, that we're to give the first fruits of all of our increase, that according to Malachi 3, God's people function a certain way with an understanding revelation that we honor God because he brought us out. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad he brought you out of something? No, maybe you didn't come out of Egypt across the Red Sea, but you came out of something, and your God did it. And every time you tithe, 
You're honoring him. Thank you for bringing me out. Now, how many know he's still bringing us out? It's not just what he used to do. It's what he's doing right now in our lives. And so I love it when I get the opportunity, these newfangled gadgets and gizmos and technology and the things we use. Because as soon as, you know, God increases me, I can just hit a button and say, praise the Lord. Amen. And just remember what he has done. Oh, it's fun after a while when you have the right attitude. Look at somebody and say, it's fun when you have the right attitude. It'll never be fun when you don't. But it's just a blast to be able to say, look what you did. You did it again. Turn to somebody and tell them he did it again and again and again. So Paul is not talking here about the tithe. He's talking about a special offering that meets the needs of others. In other places, he talks about giving in terms of his missionary endeavors. And notice he says, remember, remember, remember. Why is that important? It's important because some have never heard in the body of Christ and you can't apply what you don't know. You may be new to the things of God. You may be new to, you know, the uncompromised word of God. So we're not here to beat up on anybody. We're here to instruct what people need to hear from the word of God on these things. Because if we don't teach them, we're holding people back. I don't want to stand before God one day and say, you are too much of a wimp to teach people about these principles. You are too afraid of people's opinion to teach them what they need to know to get ahead and advance in this life. That's not what we want to do as ministers of the gospel. Can I have an amen? We want to be able to be faithful with the full counsel of God. And if Paul says you need to remember this, how I many you know we probably need to remember it today as well? But you can't if you haven't been taught. So the principles have to be shared. So we remind you that when you are a tither, you give God the first thin dime of every dollar. That's your foundation. That gives you tithers' rights. Say it, I have tithers' rights. Hallelujah. <laughs> Well, when you do what, what God is saying through Paul's teaching here, the lifestyle of the giver, which is under, you know, on top of the foundation of tithing, what happens then is you invoke a thing called you know, the, the promises of the sower, and they're wonderful. And they're throughout Scripture, including 2 Corinthians 9. So say it with me, I have tithers' rights and sower's promises. Now, I don't know where you are today, what's going on. All I know is your God is faithful. All I know is God is able to make a way where there is no way. That means spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially in your own life. God is able to make a way. God is able to bring you out. If he can bring them out of slavery, out of Egypt, he can bring you out of your bondage right now in Jesus' name. If you remember these principles, and that's what he's trying to say to us through these verses. Shout it out. We say, remember. Say it again. Say, remember. Some have never heard, but some have never really received. That, is mean, that means they heard it, but they never received it enough to act on it. You don't want to be in a position where you've heard the truth but never acted on it. You want to be faithful to do the thing that God has actually assigned you to do. And then some have received it and tried it for a season. They're intermittent givers. They're sporadic. They're inconsistent in terms of what their application of the word of God is. And so do we need to remember? Yes. Do people who have never heard need to hear it? Yes. Do people who have heard it but never applied it need to remember? Yes. And those of us who maybe have actually, you know, done it from time to time need to remember the benefit of being consistent in this area of life. Write this down or write it on the tablet of your heart. It's in your consistency that lies the power. Say it with me, consistency. That's where the power actually lies in anything in terms of our spiritual lives. Just doing things consistently day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, just settling these issues once and for all. I'm going to be a tither. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to remember what God has actually done for me. 
Amen. I'm going to remember what his word says. And some have adopted the lifestyle of the tither and the giver. You know, they've just, that's just how they live. Look at some, I say, we just live to give. Come on, say, we live to give. We live to give. And some of us have been doing this and just need to be reminded about the wonderful promises of God to those that will live this way. God is, is not going to let you go without if you're faithful to him. Somehow, some way is going to take care of you. Is that a matter of faith? Yeah, it is. We have to actually believe the word of God. But how many have exercised your faith and found it to be true? He always seems to come through for the tither and for the giver. Let me talk a little bit more about this. The lifestyle of the giver in 2 Corinthians 9 is what he's talking about. And he says, remember. Come on, shout it out one more time. Say, remember. How do you do this? What does that look like? Just four simple principles I want you to write down today. And I'm going to give you the benefits of remembering in just a moment. I mean, it pays to remember. One is confidently. You give confidently. You give so knowing you're doing the word, you're doing what God says, and confident that you're going to reap the benefit from it. We don't do things without faith. We don't do things without confidence. We don't do things without intentionality as people of God. We, we do things on purpose. And I, I know what I'm doing. When I've tied, but then God speaks to me about giving a, a seed, an offering, a missionary offering, supporting some project or some special ministry, whatever. There's always something going on. There's always a need. And he talks to my heart. What I understand is that, uh, that I have confidence that he is, he's speaking to me by his word, but he's also speaking to me by his spirit. And I have confidence that, you know, I can trust him. And whatever I'm doing, I'm not going to come out on the short end of the stick. Just not. He is always going to bring you over the top. Look at somebody say the lifestyle is a confident lifestyle. It's not, it's not given in fear and trembling and weakness and uncertainty. And you know what? There it goes. I know sometimes when you're not very you know, established in the Word of God, it feels like that. Well, there goes that offering. There goes that tithe. There goes that gift. You know, I guess I'm going to do without. That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. You put him first, he takes care of you. And I perceive in my spirit that some folks here today that desperately need to hear this message. And how dare we as preachers be so spineless not to teach you these things? Are you here today? People need to know the principles that God has laid out in his word because all of us live in this natural world. Amen? I mean, last time somebody sent you an electric bill, they didn't say, you can pay this with money or just pray for us. We'll take the prayer. How many know when it comes to paying your mortgage payment? They don't take prayers. Look at somebody and say, they take cash. So in this world, you need to understand that God has made provision even for the natural things. Because what? He made you a natural being as well as a spiritual being. And we need to understand how to do this. So say it with me, confidently. As a pastor, I want you to be confident in what the Word says and confident that you are doing something knowing full well that God is going to take care of you as well as using you to be a blessing to other people. Number two, consciously. You do it consciously. What does that mean? Conscious of what? Conscious of how good he's been to me. Conscious of how good he has been to you. Conscious of everything he has brought you through. I can go around this room and just talk about what God has done for people. Amen. 
how he has brought you through, how he has given you victories. Amen. One of my favorite stories from Hope Harbor Church, my, one of my favorite stories is the time that, that Carlos was in Lourdes, now Mercy Health, and having heart surgery, and our sweet Linda was there, and Mark was next to me. We went to the chapel to pray for him because they came out and said that he is bleeding, and he, it looks like they're going to take him back in the operating room, and it just so happened that the surgeon hung around long enough to go back in there. And I remember that like it was yesterday. There was Linda in the middle in the chapel at Lourdes Hospital, and then I was on one side, Mark Randall was on the other side, and she prayed, and I'm telling you what, she prayed the glory down. I, was, I wouldn't have been surprised if everybody in that hospital got healed that day watching her pray in that chapel. Amen. You remember this, my sister? Like it was yesterday, don't you? Yes, you do. And I mean, she prayed, and we agreed. And all of a sudden, it's like, like something hit her in the head with a baseball bat. It was like this. And she stood up, and she's like, it's done. <laughs> and she walked out of that room. Yes, amen. She walked out of that uh, chapel, and somebody from Lourdes came and said, you know what? He's going to be just fine. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And there he is right now sitting next to his bride. Glory to God. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. Consciously. Consciously. Everybody in this room has a story. I think about Paige getting hit. Years ago, over like, was it off of Robertson, or where was that? Yeah. And I mean, in the natural, there was no way they said she could even survive that wreckage. I mean, yeah, she went through a lot of rehab, but now she's still living for God, doing her ministry, teaching her kids, working in the school. Amen. And mother to two lovely kids. Aren't you glad that we can be conscious, not just we're not making this stuff up. He comes through for us time and time again. Amen. Hey, glory to God. I think about Jackie over there. You paid for your dad for a long time, didn't you? <laughs> and I know that your mom did. But uh, he came to visit her a few years ago. I think he was sitting right over here. And one of those days, you prayed and had the prayer and you had the foundation. He gave his life to Christ. It's my, it's my understanding he considers me to be his pastor and this is church. Is that right, Jackie? <laughs> Amen. Has God been good to us? Conscious of what he has brought us out of. All you have to do is just stop and think, you know, why would I not want to be a giver? I think about Bill. We're just minding our own business here, having Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames September a few years ago. And on the last night, he's in, sitting in his truck having a stroke. And thank God the lady had wherewithal to say, hey, there's a problem here. There's an emergency here. And I'm going to tell you what, it was bad when we first walked in there. I remember going into Western and seeing the situation for what it was. But I'm going to tell you something. They can rejoice and be glad because his best days are ahead of him, not behind him. There he sits right there, worshiping God. And every time I have a conversation with him, his, fluid, his speech gets more fluid all the time. That's my confession. Hallelujah. By the time you're done, you're going to talk better than all of us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Conscious of what? An imaginary God, making stuff up, pretend. We don't have to pretend. We got faith. We can attack. <laughs> but Jerry Seville said, we, faith doesn't pretend. Faith what? Faith attacks. I think about Paul sitting over there, you know. Not a good experience with the university on the other end of the state and probably was not done fairly for whatever reason. But comes here and finds the favor of God. Amen. It was a little over a year ago, wasn't it? Got tenured here at Murray State University. Born again, spirit-filled, word man, right on that campus. 
You got stories, don't you? Come on, raise your hand. If you got a story, God came through for you. Now you can focus on everything that went wrong and everything that wasn't turned out right in your opinion, but I'm telling you what, you can think about the goodness of God and you can think and talk about it and write them down and never come to an end. What am I saying? I'm, when I'm sowing, I'm conscious of this. You want me to help this missionary, help this project? You want me to sow towards this need? You want me to be a tither and a giver? Of course, Lord. How could I not? How could I even hesitate after how good you have been to me? Come on, say, he has been so good. Say that he has been so good. How good? So good. He's a good God. Amen. So I am, I'm sowing confident in the word and confident in the promises, but I'm also sowing consciously of what he brought me out of, and I'm thankful for it. And every time I do, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Number three is cheerfully. The lifestyle of the giver is cheerful. Oh, the Lord's coming to me again. Why didn't you go to somebody else? No, cheerful. You know, it's an honor for the Lord to tap you to meet a need in somebody else's life. It's an honor. It means he can trust you. What a high compliment that is. He can trust you and your integrity to do the thing he told you to do, to address that specific need. You say, well, everybody's like that. No, I believe this in my heart, and I've seen it happen, and I've seen the Lord reveal this to me. Sometimes the Lord has to, has to go through dozens of people to find one that will obey him. Come on, say, that's not me. When he gets to my number, I'm going to listen. How could I not? Amen. It's a, it's a high honor for him to come to me. And a lot of people have a hard time understanding, you know, uh, you know, why certain ministers have the faith for certain tools of ministry, whether it's buildings or property or aircraft, whatever it is, because they're assigned to do certain things in the body of Christ, and they have those tools, they have those needs. But I'm going to tell you something. I think about all the CEOs in this country. I think of all the entertainers with jets. I think of all the people that, you know, they're blessed financially and have the means. I think about all the other governments. I think about all the other militaries. And I ask myself a question. How is it that one man of God and some friends with a fleet of jets can go in and rescue more people than any other entity in this Kabul situation? And I promise you when the Lord dropped that into the man of God's heart, just, just turn your jet over turn your resources over, and I'm talking millions of dollars plus the aircraft, and get those people out. When the Lord came to him, I promise you, he didn't say, why are you coming to me again? I bet you he said, praise the Lord, I can see what you're doing. Hallelujah, glory to God. Here it is, it's yours, it's for the gospel's sake. Get people out. Can you imagine your little mom or little girl or little boy, you're growing up and you're hearing this story about how a man of God in the name of Jesus got you out? You know that's going to impact their lives for all eternity. Something amazing is going to happen out of that. And that's why if you, even if you don't understand what God is doing in somebody else's life or another ministry, just keep your big black mask up because it's not about you. It's about what God's telling them to do. Now we start to understand God is smarter than all of us. There's going to come a day where everybody else is going to let our people down. Well, I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be a part of the body of Christ because the body of Christ stood up when everybody else stood down. Amen. Cheerfully. With joy. I don't fear the bucket. 
I enjoy the bucket. I jump over rows to get to the bucket first. I'm a bucket jumper, not a bucket plunker. Amen. Joy. Thrilled. With that level of faith and joy and expectation because I know what he's doing. He's blessing people's meeting needs. He's taking care of his business. He is addressing things that nobody can see. He's doing wonderful things because of the lifestyle of a giver. Take with me. I'm not just a tither. I am a giver. Hallelujah. What do I do? I, I confidently give, I consciously give, and I cheerfully give. Tell you what, I'm a happy giver. Say it again. Say, I'm a happy giver. And then forth consistently, you get to the place where it's just automatic. Increase comes in, tithe goes out. Increase comes in, an offering is sown. It's just automatic to you. You don't even think about it. And when it gets to be that way, now you're in position to not just remember the responsibility Paul is talking about, but remember the great benefits that go with this. Um, I found out even on you know, personal life. Now, some of you were raised as little kids and these principles, and that was wonderful, but some of us were not raised at all with those teachings, and we were handed a little, little box of envelopes pre-printed. And then you gave, and you all remember those things? Yeah, I, don't even, I don't even know if they still do those things. Maybe they do. But uh, that was about like, the only stewardship teaching we ever had was expectation. And here's the thing. Those were numbered boxes. They knew whose they were. So, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. If, if those numbers never came in, they knew. And this was just part of the practice of the finance committee and how they operated. You know, I'd just rather just teach the word of God and let God do his business. Can I have an Amen. Look at somebody say, I'm glad the pastor don't have no number to offer envelopes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> How sad would that be if that's what it takes? No. It takes faith in the word of God and confidence in God's character. But here's the deal. You and I um, don't give because of that kind of very subtle coercion. And that's really what that is. We read what the Word says. We see how it pleases the heart of God and honors God and what an honor it is to be one of His givers. And then, uh, you know, we look and see ourselves at the amazing promises that He gives us to actually believe enough to do this and do it with consistency. So I want to say again, it's in your consistency that lies the power. Uh, it's true in every spiritual part of your life, but it's especially true in the area of giving. You never fully tap into the fullness of what he has for you until you get consistent in these areas. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. You can't be a sporadic church attender and get much out of church. You can't be, you know, a sporadic Bible reader and get much transformation in your life. You, you can't pray every once in a blue moon and see that transform your life. Nothing works if you're not consistent. It's the same thing here. Shout out loud. Say, inconsistency lies the power said, I am consistent, cheerful, conscious, and confident. Yay. I'm going to say it one more time. God has been so good to me. <laughs> said, God has been so good to me. How good? So good. Amen. Look at these benefits that come straight from Paul's teaching here. Not just uh, remember to be a giver, remember the promises that are given to a giver. Number one, ever-increasing favor in your life. 
Anybody could use some more favor in your life. Favor just simply means open doors and opportunity. I had the Spirit of God speak this to me, so I'm just going to give it to you exactly how he gave it to me because I believe it's for those that are in this crowd today. Amen. It's Labor Day weekend and a little bit of raindrops falling and God's mindful of us. I said he's mindful of us. Here's the word of the Lord for you and for me. Some of you are just a seed away from the best opportunity of your lifetime. Listen to it again. Some of you are just a seed away from the best opportunity of your lifetime. As a child of God, you're to have ever-increasing favor in life. Psalm 5, 11, and 12, it talks about those that trust in the Lord. The Lord literally surrounds them with a, with a shield of favor, or favor like a shield. Everywhere you go, you're increasing in favor. Opportunities and open doors are manifesting for you because of this practice, this consistency of the giver. Say, I'm a giver. Ever-increasing favor. In other words, the favor you had last year, what you're going to have this year, it can't compare. What happens to you in five years from now is going to be even greater than that. Favor, open doors and opportunities for people who actually honor what the Word of God says. You say, uh, what does that look like? It's different for different people. But God has open doors for every person in this room. I said he has opportunities for everybody in this room. But they increase as you honor what God says. So Paul's telling you, remember the principle of uh, the tither and the giver, the sower, the lifestyle, but also remember the benefit of ever-increasing favor. I don't know about you, but I'm taking that one. <laughs> Go ahead like God is saying, I'm taking that one in Jesus' name. That is mine, hallelujah. Number two, having all that you need in every situation and at all times. Having all you need, my God shall supply, Paul said. My God shall supply all, what? All your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That promise was given to a giver. That promise was given to a sower. And uh, I don't know if you caught Rodney's last exhortation. I guess it was last week, wasn't it? On giving. Um, it'd be worthwhile you look up the service online just to listen to that exhortation. One of the finest exhortations on giving this church has ever heard. And that's the kind of thing we need to hear from. We need to understand this is not an aside. It's part of our worship. It's the core of who we are. It's how we live. We're different than the rest of this world. But he promises you're going to have all you need in every situation and at all times. Meditate on that. Say it. I'm going to have all that I need in every situation at all times. It sounds like to me, Paul was saying, if you're going to be a giver as a lifestyle, you're going to be broke no more. I didn't say it. Wouldn't mean anything if I just said it. But he's the one that said, you as givers are going to have all that you need in every situation and at all times. And that's going to be a bump up for many in the body of Christ because of check to check and paycheck to paycheck and, and all this stuff. I mean, some of you are like a Brother Osteen's story used to tell about all the bill collectors calling and calling and calling. And finally, he told this one bill collector, look, every Monday I put all the bills on the coffee table. I look at them, pray over them, and then I shuffle them, and I pick one out to pay. He said, if you don't stop calling me, you're not going to get in on the shuffle. 
Come on, shout it. Broke no more. Having all that you need. Every time. Every day. Some of you are thinking, does God really care about that stuff? I just thought we're supposed to come to church and hear about how to go to heaven and then one day go after a potluck, go to heaven. No, there's more to this Christian life than potlucks. And this dying one day and go to heaven. Your, your eternity is set with him because of Jesus. Now he wants you to learn how to live in victory on this planet. Ever increasing favor in life, having all that you need in every situation and at all good times. Hallelujah. At all times. It's one of the reasons why some good Christians continue to struggle. They haven't adopted the lifestyle. But listen, your, your struggling days are over in Jesus' name. Well, how is it going to happen, Pastor? Where is it going to come from? That's completely up to God and God alone. He's got a million ways to take care of you. He is your source. Say, God's my source. But he has all kinds of tributaries, all kinds of ways of doing it. And it's kind of fun when he does it and you got a new uh, you know, directive coming or a new way that he does it. It's just another reason for you to praise the Lord and thank him for it. Amen. I hear this in the spirit today. Unexpected income coming your way. Unexpected. Can you receive that? There are things that you have worked for and labored for, and rightly so, you expect those, and you should have those. And if somebody has ripped you off or held something back in Jesus' name, we command that person to repay, even up to sevenfold. Enough of that nonsense of being ripped off as a child of God. You deserve to get what you had actually worked for. But this is unexpected. You might say it's coming out of left field. Where did that come from? It just came out of left field some way. Glory to God. Does God care about that stuff? Yes, he does. Amen. Say it with me. Unexpected income. Coming my way. See, let me help you out here. If um, we, we decide as ministers not to preach on something because it may offend or rub somebody the wrong way, then we're nothing more than hirelings. Um, if I were doing a, a series on the Ten Commandments, and the Bible does tell us thou shalt not bear what? False witness. But i got a room full of liars I don't want to offend. So I'm not going to teach on lying. I'm a coward. Are you here? Uh, preached on uh, that series, I preached on here as well as in Hopkinsville, and I got to adultery in Hopkinsville. One man got up in the middle of service and left. And that's when I told the congregation, and when the pastor was preaching on adultery, just stay seated and you say amen. Praise the Lord. Don't move. <laughs> Nobody will ever know it's you. <laughs> um, you, you. You can't be a coward and then stand behind this sacred desk. And you can't be a coward as a Christian. you got to make up your mind. You're going to live this life. And you're going to embrace the teachings of the Word of God and not apologize and not be ashamed of it. Amen? Uh, it's thrilling to be able to tell you that God cares about all these areas of your life. Man may not, but God does. When you remember ever-increasing favor in life, Having all you need in every situation at all times. And number three, succeeding in everything you do. Blessing on every good work. Did you know your hands are blessed? Just, just pick one of them up like that and just look at it. Your hands are blessed by God most high. 
the empowerment is God, of God is on your hand. Deuteronomy 28 tells us that if we'll hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord our God, all these blessings shall come up on us and overtake us. So here's the deal. I, I have a tithing foundation, and I am a sower and a giver. I'm living that lifestyle. I love the fact that uh, increasing favor on my life and having all that I need in all situations at all times, that's wonderful. But to know that he will bless everything I put my hand to, He's going to bless my son, daughter-in-law, my granddaughter, my wife, my parents, my home, whatever ministry that I am called to and assigned to, the people that I'm called to serve, blessed. Everything. The dog. Blessed. Uh, We came back from a trip and our dog had bald spots on his back. It's barely over, what, a year old? It was not quite that. And I'm like, this is weird. And, um, of course, the, the vet thought there was some cosmic reason for it, you know, an injury, whatever. And the dog was, was kind of turning its neck around right in front of its tail and licking. And I noticed that even though that dog is flexible, he could not get back there to lick that spot. So that dog did not lick that thing bald. So I'm like, this is kind of weird. And uh, so we just prayed, you know, laid hands on the dog. Everybody say, bless dog. I'm about to say, bless dog. And uh, we prayed over that dog, and uh, he started out being this deep, deep chocolate color. And, uh, and over time, he got kind of, you know, light, you know, and he has uh, all four of his legs, lower legs, or boots, I call them, are, are blonde. It's real pretty, kind of like Princess used to be. But everything else was like dark chocolate. He got kind of light. And then he got lightened up, and now all of a sudden, he has these, these bald spots on his back. And... Um, so we just prayed, and, and you know, a few weeks went by. And now he has this beautiful, dark, dark brown, wavy hair growing down his back. Apparently, the Lord loves dark, wavy, chocolate color. You know. So his name is Hershey. So, so now I look at him because he's got little bits of white, and he's got lots of light brown, and he's got the dark chocolate color. So now I say, you know, Hershey's got white chocolate, Milk chocolate, dark chocolate, and caramel accents. Hallelujah on the boots. I told Kelly we should have called him Rolo. You know, forget about her. She should have called him Rolo. But everybody say, blessed. Blessed. Everything you put your hand to. So if you're assigned to do something in the natural or in ministry with family, you need to have the expectation that somehow, some way, God's going to bless that thing, empower it to succeed. When we do what the Word says and we honor what God says and we are doing so with the right spirit and the right attitude, you know, we're approaching this thing confidently, consciously. We're approaching this thing cheerfully, say cheerfully, and consistently. I have the promise that He's going to bless the work of my hands. And don't get focused on your eyes and what you see. Just trust that Word that He is. Even if you can't see it, He is blessing the work of your hands. I don't feel blessed. didn't ask you how you feel. Has nothing to do with that. It's are you and living out the lifestyle of that giver. According to these principles, you can expect to have ever increasing favor. Declare that right now. My favor is increasing every single day with God and with man. You know, according to Luke 2:52, that's exactly what Jesus did. 
He continued to increase in favor with God and man. And you and I have to understand that that is our example, that is our model. The same thing can happen to you. Say this to me, have all I need in every situation and at all times. Why? Because I've adopted the understanding of the foundational tithe and the, and the sower's lifestyle. That's exactly right. It's a big deal to God. And third, say with me, I succeed in everything I do. You stand out. You've heard the phrase, the cream always rises to the top. Look at somebody say, you the cream. Come on, tell somebody else, you the cream. With God's blessing, you will always stand out. Yeah, even the Bible says that. Not one that I was going to intentionally read to you, but turn over there to Malachi 3. Or as Van Crouch says, Malachi. His Italian relatives call it Malachi. Thank you, Lord. It's so wonderful to just sit in this house today, worship God, open up the Bible, let the Holy Ghost talk to us, and there, there's no thug coming through the door like they do, like the Taliban does. We should never, ever, ever forget what we have here. Malachi, chapter 3, and I guess I'll look at verse 17 here. They'll be mine, says the Lord Almighty, the day when I make up my treasured possessions. I will spare them just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. Look at this. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who fear God and those who do not. That is a wonderful description of what it means to have the favor of God on your life. Say, there's a distinction on my life. Say, there's a distinction on my life. Glory to God. So, one more time, say, I have tithers' rights, and I have sower's promises. And I receive them, I believe for them, and I act on it in Jesus' name. So whenever, uh, you know, God is, is moving in your heart about taking care of something, um, there's always, you know, a, a divine purpose on the other side of it. Uh, there are all kinds of things that God wants to do in us and, and through us as a ministry. And when you're sensitive to that, um, you, you don't always see the other end of it, how much it impacts people. But I'm telling you, it impacts people. There are a lot of situations where, where people are in need and something you may have sown a month ago, six months ago, finds its way into the hands of somebody who's desperate. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And the Lord knew the supply needed to be there to meet that need and, and you were a part of that. Or you helped support efforts around the world. It shouldn't be a surprise to you that this ministry sows into ministries like KCM. Do you know that you have a direct part of those people in Kabul being rescued? Let me say it again because I don't think you've got a hold of this. 
you gave into a ministry that has to this point, they're saying now eight, 9,000 people out of, that, out of that nation. Does that matter? That's how the body of Christ works. It's not us doing everything. It's us being a part of it. It's a wonderful thing. Amen. Glory to God. Your current seed to the fellowship of uh, Christian and Jews will go specifically to widows in former Soviet republics that are starving to death. You did that. You don't think that honors God? You don't think that matters to the Lord? That any day now some little lady who has nothing at all, living in abject poverty, still being persecuted for their faith, has no support from the family, gets a knock on the door, and then they bring in this big, huge box of supplies for her to live off of. Look at somebody and say, you're a part of that. So corporately when you give, that's what happens. But also God is going to tap you and speak to you. And in these days where uh, you know, workers are on, on short supply around the country, you go into a restaurant and there's one person working 15 tables, first of all, exercise your godly patience. At least they showed up. Let me say it again. At least they showed up. And bless them, not because they're having a perfect day. We went to a restaurant a couple months ago, and this was ladies like our, our first day. And, and I mean, it seemed like everybody was just treating her horribly. People on staff, you know, people at different tables. And, uh, you know, all Kelly said was, you know, is, are you doing okay? And she just burst into tears. Right there at the table. Folks, that's not acceptable. I said, that's not the way we're supposed to be as people of God. So when you're out there, be mindful that, that you could, God could be using you. Amen. Let me just help you out here. The devil will never inspire you to overtip a server. He will inspire you to undertip one or to not tip at all. That didn't come from the Lord, amen. Be mindful of this. Um, and let the Lord use you. Uh, you could help them monetarily, but it could also help them tremendously in their spirit, uh, encouraging them. So it's actually a wonderful way to live. Amen. Because of my, it's wonderful to live this life out. It's in its fullness, as God intended it to be. Glory to God. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap and just thank him today for it.